0: This is your coffee break. Hi friends, Sarah from the Right Now podcast here, and I am so excited to present to you today's featured author, Renita Bryant. She is here with us to talk about what it means to be an indie author, having her own publishing company, and all sorts of amazing things. Welcome to the
1: show, Renita. Hi, Sarah. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, I'm so excited.
0: So tell me a little bit, you're kind of in this writing entrepreneurship kind of place. Tell me a little bit about your story.
1: So some years ago, uh life kind of reminded me that it happens to you and things happen when uh, you don't necessarily want them to. And so I had a few things happen to me in terms of just losing loved ones and having to really deal with the complexities of life. And so I ventured out and started writing. Uh, I've been writing ever since I was seven years old, writing poems and short stories. But this was really my first time jumping into writing and trying to write something that I was I was feeling and that was deeply I was passionate about and that was deeply connecting uh, to me, connected to me. And so I started writing um, and I was still in corporate America and going about my day job and my traditional jobs. Um, but writing st- kept calling my name. And so after some years, I actually left corporate and uh, started a couple of companies. And one of those uh, was a publishing company. I actually started My Matters, the publishing company, while I was still at a, a global uh, $85 billion corporate firm. And uh, <laughs> I don't know what convinced me to jump out and, and leave that stability and comfort of corporate. But sometimes, you know, when the story's in you and you want to get the story out there, you you have to just leave the comfort and go and share your story with the world. And that's what I decided to do. Oh, my gosh, I love
0: that. And and I, I think that that's the dream of so many writers, you know, is to, you know, okay, I'm working my corporate day job, I just want to be free, I want to I want to make that jump. And I know you kind of said you're not sure what propelled you to do it. But I'm, I'm going to ask anyway. So like, what what was the little final push?
1: You know, I actually took some time when I was in corporate. I took three months off, uh, decided to travel. I traveled to five countries. Um, I I left with a friend of mine. We both decided, let's take a sabbatical. Uh, That was probably the worst thing for me in terms of my corporate career. Um, Actually having the freedom to get up when I wanted to, to see the world, to experience new things, to meet new people. It just reminded me that life is short. That's my own personal belief. You know, life is short, you you only get this one moment. This is the only time that I know that I'll have on this earth. And so it's up to me to do what I can with it. And so because I believe that, I recognized in that moment that I cannot continue to spend my my time investing into something that I didn't feel like I was uh, I was getting the right outcome. Right. It wasn't returning. It wasn't the best return on my investment. And so I decided at that moment I, I went back because I promised my director that I would return. Um, so I didn't you know, I didn't want to burn any bridges. I didn't want to affect her her career. But I went back and I, I knew within a few months of, actually, I knew actually within a couple of days of being back that I would be leaving. And so I just started planning my exit at that point.
0: Um, you started Mind Matters while you were sort of working that day job. How did that work? I mean, did you work and then like do this over your lunch
1: and then go home? Like, how did that balance out? I mean, that's a great the description of what really happened. So I started writing my first book yesterday morning. It was there during the time when I actually lived in Philadelphia, mm-hmm. and I uh, recently left graduated from my graduate program. And so I was living on my own exploring life. And like I said, some things happened. So I started writing. And then I did a lot of research and recognized some of the barriers to being able to traditionally publish some of the barriers in terms of how I felt about profitability, some of the barriers in terms or the answers to the questions that I had to ask myself in terms of my objective. What was I really trying to do and get out of the process? And so because I knew what I was trying to get out of it and what mattered to me, I had to make some decisions that aligned um, with my objective. right? And so for me, it wasn't necessarily going to one of the, the large traditional publishing houses. It was self-publishing. And so that was a path that worked for me, that made sense for me, and so I decided to do that. And then in the process I formed or I launched My Matters Publishing, really as a way for me to launch my own books and and Perfect. be able to support myself. And then a, a few years after that, I had a friend reach out to me, one of my best friends, at my mm-hmm. best friend actually, and she wanted to publish a book and She looked at me and said, are you going to help me? (laughs) Because I kept saying I would not I would give advice. I helped a lot of people. I guided them and consulted for free. I never charged anyone for it because i never my vision was not to make my matters, you know, a consultancy. It was never to do that. Um, It wasn't that I was close to it. It just that was never my plan. So anytime someone would ask me to help them. I just did it for free. I never thought to even bring them in as a client, right? So smart of me. And so, um, I'm the same so, giving. Way. <laughs> <laughs> so giving. And so after, you know, she came to me and she made that request, I decided in that moment to start opening up to other people and, uh, start working with other people. And so that was around, it was 2013 when I published yesterday morning, it was around, um, 2014 Going into 2015, when my friend approached me, mm. and so ever since that point, I started taking on clients and the business. You know, it's interesting. I'm now shocked that I wasn't taking on clients before that moment. I mean, it's been I I haven't had to do a lot of promoting. It's just been a lot of word of mouth, uh, great customer service and great customer satisfaction, great outcomes for clients, and so people are pleased and they send other people our way, which has been remarkable. Let me make sure I'm answering your question. Yeah, yeah. I was working. I, I want to make oh, sure yeah. I was. Working but I don't want anyone from my from my former job to listen and think I was doing this when I was supposed to be working on projects. I would um I really worked on I really took on clients for Mind Matters after I'd already left my mm-hmm. corporate job. It was the the work that I was doing with Mind Matters for my own book that was ha- that was occurring at the same time as me working in corporate.
0: So I want to know about Mind Matters publishing. What do you do and how do you help clients and and tell me tell me all about it.
1: It was born out of recognizing that there's so much complexity and so much confusion in the publishing process. And so seeing friends, um, friends of friends have these questions. And even though there are many books out there, you can really create a book for yourself Online, right? You create an ebook in a few minutes if you want to. I mean, it may not be any good. So maybe you want to spend more than a few minutes. But um, I mean, there's so many tools that make it easy for you or that are supposed to. But there are people that are still uh, they still want to be guided. They still want to have someone explain things to them, to work with them, to have a vested interest in their success. And they also want to make sure it's, it's a very personal thing to release your story to the world mm-hmm. and to tell people what's on your heart and your mind or, or to try to create your platform or build a platform through these words. And so for me, my Matters was really born out of trying to enable People that I knew and that had these questions or had that felt that it was a complex process, really trying to help them simplify it. And so when we take on clients and and we first have a clarity session, um, we offer a free 30 minute clarity session. A lot of times it ends up going to an hour because I don't I don't try to push the process. I want to really make sure I'm understanding what they're looking for, uh, what their objective is. That's the first question. Um, And a lot of that is born from my corporate experience when I was in marketing strategy and market research one of the first questions you really need to understand is why. And so we sit down and we talk to authors or aspiring writers. Some of them are current authors and we talk to them about, you know, their objective. What are you really trying to get from this? We have realistic conversations with them. We want them to understand their roles, how this will change their, their lives, what their expectations will be of themselves. What are their expectations of their family, their friends and us? Mm -hmm. Um, So we have some very, thorough you know in-depth conversations with them from the beginning and then we just start working with them we guide them through the process we we incorporate things like reader research we are very focused on being consumer centric or reader centric and so there's no point in publishing a book if you have no concept or no idea about who's actually going to read it so again because of my marketing background and strategy background and market research background understanding your target reader is very important. So we make sure we integrate that into the entire process. Um, But that's really, I mean, that's the gist of what we do is really about making sure that we guide our customers through a satisfactory process. And in the end, they feel good about what they put out and they're ready to share their stories.
0: Do you do mostly through self-publishing then?
1: Yes. Yeah, it's been a great process just in terms of where the business has gone and how the business is growing.
0: Tell me a little bit about that, how you grow a business like that.
1: Honestly, it's been, um, well, it's it's a few different things that we think about. So one is being able to understand how you can be product-based. So we're Mm -hmm. trying to, we're thinking about, you know, three years, five years from now, what types of products need to be available, what types of tools need to be available for authors, for um, even some of the larger publishing houses. What will they? What will help make their jobs easier? Um, and the the role that they play in the author's lives? What would make the author's life? What would make that easier? Um, so we start to think about products again, trying to merge my experience in marketing and working at a consumer company. I've also worked at a biopharmaceutical company. So being able to understand how that side of a business works and then bring that into publishing, that's one of the things um, that we're looking to do in terms of business ownership. So beyond me being an author and having and holding hands and guiding and helping them through the emotional process of releasing or launching a book, and being a business owner, it, I have to think with a different mindset, right? So it's not just about guiding them. It's not just about consulting and making sure that we're going through the process and I'm holding their hands through the process. But it's really about, you know, thinking long term in terms of what products we can and, and tools could be available and what we need to produce or create. Mm-hmm. It's also about thinking about profitability. It's, it's thinking about um, operations. How do we bring how do I manage a team? When is the appropriate time to bring on other people to join the team? it's been interesting, you know, growing a business, you you were asking, you know, how do you grow a business like this? You grow it to me, you grow it one day at a time, but then, (laughs) right. I I know that sounds weird to say it because you're doing both at the same time. Every day I'm learning different things in terms of just even being clearer about my leadership style or my management style or what I want the business to be, you know, when it grows up, so to speak. Mm -hmm. And so, um, not only am I having to be present in the here and now of today, but really having to think five years from now, what will be happening in the publishing world or the publishing industry? And how can my matters really lead the way in some of that, again, blending my worlds as I've had all these these different experiences? How do I bring that into publishing and make it something that people want to um, buy into and, and people need, not just that they want to buy it, but they actually need it and it adds value.
0: It sounds like you're a planner. I hear a lot of that. That's what you help other writers do is plan. So, can you tell me a little bit about just what that means as, as a creative person? Uh, if if your planning ever gets in the way of being creative, or vice versa.
1: So I, uh, it's, it's interesting you say that. I would definitely say say that I'm a scenario planner. Mm-hmm. I I believe in forecasting. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm one of those people that, you know, in, instead of just looking at the long term, I have to think about, well, what if this happens? What if that happens? I like to be prepared. But not. I mean, it's not to me, it's not that bad. But I mean, you have to ask friends and family, right? They'll probably tell you a truth that I wouldn't admit. Um, so I do. I definitely like to plan. I definitely like to think about the what ifs. I, I like contingency planning. And so I, def, I work with our clients to do some of that same thinking, that same type of planning. The creativity isn't stifled because of it. Again, that's from my biased opinion. Um, I don't think that I I lose creativity. But I'm sure at times, though, trying to think so much about the what if, you don't really allow your mind to just be free to say this is what will be. Hmm. And so you can look at that. I can look at that two ways. I'm also a Libra and, you know, an EN, what is it, an ENTP? Um, Yeah, so you talked about the personality types on one of your, your latest podcasts. And so, and I looked up mine. And so one of the things (laughs) is that I look at things from different perspectives. So one of the perspectives could be that while I'm scenario planning, I allow myself to be free in that scenario and in that planning to be creative. Mm -hmm. So I'm creative, but it does have some boundaries on it. However, you know, someone else, someone else could compare that and say that that's still stifling creativity to a certain point. So I definitely have to find balance um, because we want our clients to make sure that, or be able to be free with, with the the process and what they're putting out uh into the market.
0: You you talked about this balance, but you also talked a little bit about limits. And I and I really appreciate that. I think that sometimes in order to just free our minds and be more creative, we we need a little bit of planning and a little bit of limits. So I I really appreciate you saying that. A lot of people, like myself included, are writers, and we come purely from this creative background. We come from this, like, oh, I was an English major and I studied poetry. I don't know anything about being an entrepreneur or business or anything like that. What would you say that it, that's crucial for a, a modern author or a writer to know business-wise that maybe we didn't learn from our English curriculums?
1: There's so many pieces. So right, <laughs> how you struggle sometimes with which question, mm-hmm. um, you know, how they're, they're battling in your minds. Um, because the first thing that actually came to mind is something that I say to, to entrepreneurs, even people that have business backgrounds, is know your numbers. And I, and I say that from the viewpoint of even for people that want to publish a book, right? They want to write. They want to produce something. There's an investment. So there's your time and energy investment to, to create but there's also a financial investment and I I do think sometimes people come into the process without having a very clear understanding of what they're willing to invest in it um again from all of those different aspects their time their energy their brain power and their and their money sometimes people get caught up because they don't have that clarity they can overspend in the process um, because they don't have that clarity. Sometimes they can have an expectation and they want to underspend, like they don't really understand the true value of what they're about to, um, to endure. Mm. And so one of the things I would think, if you want to start a business, if you want to make writing and publishing books and being an author, an actual full-time job for you in terms of building your platform and, and developing your readership, I would definitely say that it starts with, having that business mindset around goals and objectives of your numbers. What are you trying to accomplish? How do you make sure that you're keeping your financials in order, keeping track of things like this is very not, this is at not at all creative. So (laughs) the advice that I'm giving is totally opposite of, you know, when I think someone who's truly on that, on the end of the spectrum as being a, a pure creative you know, I know that most people aren't offering the advice of saying, hey, no, it's, it's it's about the numbers. Get deep into the numbers. But I say that because you can't be a successful business owner if you're not, if you don't manage your money, if you don't have money, right? You can sell thousands of widgets mm-hmm. or thousands of books. But if you aren't managing your profit margins. If you don't understand how much it costs you to make that book and to, you know, to if you're just going to book signings and you know, it looks good on social media because you're at every event that's happening, but you're flying around and staying hotel rooms and Mm. renting cars and you're not tracking how much that costs you to be able to do it. You know, it looks good and you can say you've sold thousands of books, but in the end you may still find yourself without any money in your pocket. And so I think authors have to do a better job of when they're trying to develop it as a business they have to really think with that business mind of how do I increase my profitability during this process to get the most out of it and still be able to be true to the dream that I want to create for myself.
0: Yes, to that so much. And it's it is it's something that gets totally skipped over. And then that's where you get the starving artists, right? You know, that are that are that are working like three jobs at different coffee shops trying to make ends meet while they write their screenplay or, or what have you. What is the number one Is there a planning tool you would recommend? Is it just, hey, understand how much you need to live and then go walk backwards from there? Or is there a tip that you can give about understanding your numbers?
1: So that is interesting that you say that, Sarah. That's something that I'm uh, working on. Ooh. Um, <laughs> I actually co-facilitate workshops with a fellow entrepreneur uh, in Georgia. And we talk about the walkaway number. There are a lot of people that would like to leave their full-time jobs and start a business and, and be an entrepreneur. Maybe they want to write full-time. And so one of the things that we talk about or we discuss in the in the in train one of our workshops is understanding your walkaway number and being able to um, calculate that. That's a very simple calculation calculation. Often what we find is that people have already decided that they need a certain amount of money to live. So they may equate that to being whatever their paycheck is, their take home pay, Hmm. right? They assume this is of course how much I need. This is how much I make now I'm able to live. And I, you know, I'm not swimming around in millions like um, that duck show that used to be on the cartoon show (laughs) that, you know, he was just swimming in his his money, right? Yeah, yeah. So I'm not him. So clearly, this is how much I need. And when they actually do the calculations, when they really think through, what would your lifestyle change be? What are some of the expenses that would go away? And what are some of the new expenses that could come, right? What kind of changes can you really make to your lifestyle to be able to support your dream and move you forward in that dream? When they really start to do those calculations, most people find that they need around 50% of what they actually thought they needed. And that's what I found out in corporate. And that's one of the things that helped me to move forward. And by the time I got back from my sabbatical, when I left, I left in less than a year. And that was one of the main exercises that I did was understanding my walkaway number and knowing how much money I needed. And when I got that amount, being able to walk out the door Mm -hmm. comfortably. So I would, I would definitely say that in terms of planning tools, I wish I could give uh, some great tools out there that I'm, I'm pretty sure that there are several that exist for me. Some of my basic ones are just, it's just more natural for me, I guess, because I am, I can, scenario plan so much and over plan, mm-hmm. so I just think through a lot of different things, whatever the situation calls for, I end up just coming up with a way to process it in that moment, which probably is not in any way helpful to your listener, oh. but it's just the actual answer I appreciate that. <laughs> I try to be very transparent, so I love it
0: I love it. I love it. I even love that you that that you were able to share that like that's. That's so, that's so interesting. And it's something that so many writers want to walk away with, but they're not prepared, you know, they're not prepared for this. And so, boy, I I appreciate you saying that. I appreciate your honesty. I also want to kind of go back a little bit. Where did you go on your sabbatical?
1: I went to Australia, uh, New Zealand, South Africa, the Czech Republic, and to the UK.
0: That sounds incredible. And just kind of all over the place. Like, was there a, yeah,
1: tell me, tell me all about it. It was amazing. Um, I had never, the only country that I had traveled to before my sabbatical was I had been to Johannesburg Mm. in South Africa and I had been to, that was it. I believe that was it. Yeah. So every, all the other four countries, that was my first time ever going. I'd always wanted to go to Australia. I really didn't think too much about New Zealand until a coworker, a a former coworker of mine mentioned living there for a short period of time and how amazing it was and how peaceful it was. Mm. And so I decided, Hey, um, how many times will I really just venture off to Australia and take a three month (laughs) sabbatical? So I thought, why not, you know, um, check it out while I'm there. And it was amazing. It's honestly one of the places I'd love to go back to. Mm. Um, I had a great time over there. We got to see the world, um, going to Cape town. I I actually went back to Cape town last, uh, this past November, love it. Honestly would move over there in a heartbeat. Mm. I met a writer who actually lives there. We were in a coffee shop. This is how ironic. So I was there with a group of friends. We were in a coffee shop and we met this woman who happened to be from Atlanta, oh. which is where I live now. <laughs> and, um, so she happened to be from Atlanta. She, she actually writes for an online magazine and she travels there six months out of the year and lives in Cape town. And she just, she had visited there in 2013, loved it so much. And so ever since then, she just goes back and forth from between the U S and, um, and South Africa which sounds pretty amazing. Um, yeah. And she, I was, she seemed so happy. She said her quality of life is amazing because it's so inexpensive over there. So, um, and, and it's beautiful. Cape town is a beautiful city. Mm-hmm. And so that was great. And then going to the Czech Republic, it was interesting. I don't know how we ended up in Prague. <laughs> um, now that I think about it, nothing it's Prague, but it was, it was, we went in our, my sabbatical was in November and it, it, it got dark around like three o'clock in the afternoon. It was just, it was a weird thing when you, you, you know, you can't really sleep in because if you get up too late, it'll be nighttime again. Um, so weird. Yeah. But that was my first time trying like, what is it? mulled wine and just seeing some of the architecture. It was, it was, it was great. There were very friendly people. And then we went to London and that was also really great. That was my first time in London. And I just had a really good time. It was just, it was, it was an experience that allowed me to just be free and Mm -hmm. be myself and understand what I liked and really get to see the world and understand how different people lived. And I actually had already published my first book around that time or before that time. So I took some copies with me. You know, I I actually did a, a signing here right, literally right before I left to go on my sabbatical. So I was, I really took advantage of the time and just enjoyed myself and enjoyed life.
0: Good. And it sounds like you came away with that with, with a lot of clarity.
1: Yes. Yes. Yes, I did. It makes it easier to remember. We talked about the why. I've said that a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, you know your why. When you get that a, a level of clarity, it makes it so much easier to know what you, you do or don't want, what you are willing and unwilling to deal with, mm-hmm. or what you're willing unwilling to accept in your life and for your life. And so I think this sabbatical really helped me understand what I wanted out of my life and what I didn't want. And as much as I enjoyed my coworkers that I, you know, I'd forged relationships with, um I really appreciated the company I worked for an amazing company. Um as much as I appreciated that time of at my, in my life and what they'd offered, it was just time for me to go and do something else and the sabbatical was really it was a bridge to get me there. I think it was I needed to take a put my toe in the water before I just totally jumped in and the sabbatical kind of helped me put my toe in the water.
0: Sabbaticals always seem so magical to me. I love that you took one. That is beautiful.
1: <laughs> yes, oh. I do. Now I don't advise everyone take one because again, knowing numbers, you know, I had to be very clear on that one because mm. it's, it was unpaid. Sometimes people are lucky and get, you know, great jobs. They give them paid sabbaticals. That was definitely three months with no money coming into my pocket. So I really had to plan and think about that, you know, but fortunately, I was in a position to be able to afford it, to, to be able to take that time. But it was a sacrifice because when I went back into corporate, I recognized that I had to replenish what I spent while I was gone. Because, Sarah, I really thought I was, I don't know if I thought I was a celebrity or sabbatical. <laughs> I don't know how I was spending that much money, but I accomplished it. <laughs> so I, it changed my walkaway number a little bit. <laughs> it changed everything for me. But uh, I soon got there. I got back there.
0: <laughs> I love it. I love that you're willing to share that. That's 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 so awesome. I know it's, my my husband and I never go on vacation. We went on one recently, and I had a little bit of sticker shock. I was like, oh yeah, this is this is what it's like to yes. be like <laughs> on the go all the time. It is. It adds up. So I, I appreciate that. <laughs> I, okay, I want to ask about being an indie author. So you you have one fiction book out now. Is that something? Are you writing? More are you writing a second one? Did you enjoy that whole experience? Tell me a little bit about that.
1: Yes, so I am in the process of writing the second book in the morning series Yay. um so I'm working on my second book. I have three collections of poetry out, so two are an ebook only, and one actually came out last year that is in paperback so the first book my my fiction book yesterday morning is a novella. Um, which is actually increasing more and more people are writing. I mean, they used to be, they were bigger at a time, right? And then mm-hmm. I think sometimes when I published my book in 2013, most people didn't even know what I was talking about, which was surprising to me in terms of what is a novella. And so it's interesting to see, you know, to, to read more and to see more that more people are recognizing the value and the benefit of writing novellas. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, you, I'm pretty sure that's something that would be stunning for you because you know, in terms of just the everyday consumer, the everyday reader, they were a little bit more surprised by novellas, seeing novellas in the market. It was interesting because again, that the story for me was one, and I know you, you have, you know, listeners who can come from an experience that they wrote a book about a part of their lives or a a part of an experience that they lived through, right. That was very emotional for them. Mm -hmm. Um, good or bad. And so for me, because of what I was writing, the process of writing was very emotional. (laughs) It was very trying at times, but then, deciding that I was going to publish was scary and it was overwhelming and I was concerned that people would hate it and nobody would want to read it or what mm-hmm. would my family think mm-hmm. you know I had a little I had a little bit of that doubt which again is why My Matters exists um, and why I started taking on clients and work with people but I definitely as an author you know I I, I procrastinated you know and I because my job was a great excuse to be able to so mm-hmm. why should I have this book ready when you know, I work a traditional nine to five and I, I'm busy. I have to hang out and go to brunch with my friends. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it was it was a process. It took longer than than probably it, it needed to take. But it I was I was so excited and so happy when I finally had a, had my book in my hand, like being able to just look at it now. I get I don't know. It just it makes me feel there's a certain level of fulfillment mm-hmm. that it provided to me. Because that's something that nobody can take away. Right. That's something that I was able to produce. And even when when I look at my matters and look at the impact that we have on the world, there are authors that have our imprint on their spine. Right. We will. And even if they went and they decided to sign with a a larger publishing house, um, which will be great for them. Right. If that's what they want, if that's their objective, that would be awesome for them. But in terms of that first book it will, it has our name on it. It They have that first experience with us. And that's why we want to make sure it's great for them Mm -hmm. because I know what my first experience felt like. I know what it felt like to get my first delivery. I mean, it's something about being an author. And I will say in terms of the indie network, that was one of the most surprising things. I didn't expect for people to be, you know, mean or nasty or anything like that, but People are so willing to help you. Mm-hmm. There these the network is so strong. And just trying to navigate it and talking to people in different whether it was on, you know, Goodreads or whether there was some some of the there were some other groups at the time when I first started that I was more involved in. And just being able to to work with people and find out different avenues to take and them to give you suggestions or I don't know, it was just something about being a part of that community or being a part of the indie community that felt like You have partners here, you have friends here, you have people that actually care Mm. and you're trying to help each other. It wasn't, it wasn't, you know, some of the, we're compete, we're competitors. It was really about, we are helping, we're, we're partners in this. We're all trying to get to the top and all boats can rise. We don't have to, Mm. I don't have to sink your ship in order for my ship to be successful. And that was something that was so amazing for me as a first time author to be able to see how connected the network really, really was.
0: Just speaking of that network, how would a new writer who maybe hasn't published before, how would they sort of get into that network? Was it through like Facebook or Twitter or anything in particular?
1: There are probably even more networks now because I wish, of course, because we're having this conversation, right? My brain is not processing (laughs) some of the networks. I think I told you this um, um, before, because I remember there was a specific network that I got involved with that was so, um, so supportive. And of course, this adds no value to the listener, right? So I will tell you you that, one of the things was I went on, I was on Goodreads and there were author groups, there were indie author groups. And so being able to sign up for some of the indie author groups that were on Goodreads was actually helpful. And they had the the process of being able to have people that would do reviews. And it wasn't the quid pro quo. Hey, mm. you give me a five star, I give you a five star. Cause you have to be careful about that. It wasn't anything like the, you know, paying people to give you reviews. It was really getting um, some great feedback. And so for every book that, of course, I reviewed, you know, the person that was reviewing my book was not the same person. So we were actually in a group of about six or seven different authors. Oh. And we take time getting to know each other, and reading, reading the, the different books. And you were on a schedule. So I, I forget if it was like a book every couple of weeks or every three weeks, but we were on, you know, we were rotating and it was great because you got multiple people got to read your book. They got to give you feedback on it. They gave you their real opinions. And you could choose, you know, of course, if they said, hey, I thought it was a one star, I didn't really like they're going to be honest, because Mm -hmm. again, it's not a pro quo, they have to be concerned about what what kind of rating you're going to give them. And so it wasn't that type of system. So you really got some great, honest feedback from the beginning. So that was one of the things that was helpful uh, with some of those Goodreads groups. Now they have um, a lot of author groups on social media. You have to be careful. Mm-hmm. They'll make sure you get into some quality ones where there's not a lot of spamming, where people aren't just saying buy my book and posting their book cover, you know, every five seconds. Uh-huh. But there are there are some some, some oh, you know, those uh-huh. <laughs> there are definitely some groups out there. So I would say to someone who's new in the industry, who's really trying to find their way as I said before about the group being, the network being so strong and, and being like partners, you actually can find, you can ask questions. So even in that, you know, that Goodreads group, if you can identify one solid network or one solid group of people, those five or six people will then connect you to five or six other networks and people. Mm-hmm. And you will be surprised at how quickly, you know, it, it just exponentially grows from there. Um, but you really just need one or two to get you in the door. So that's what I would would say. Start, you know, with some of the social media pages, looking at indie authors. Some of the suggestions I would also give are offline. Maybe go into your local library. I work with the library system here um, in the outskirts of Atlanta, and they've just uh, right after Indie Author Day, they had all these events during Indie Author Month. And then they put together kind of an indie author connection. They started a private Facebook group. They're really trying to help them understand how they can get their books into the library system. Mm -hmm. Um, They're trying to work with them to have a lot of events. And that's because as an indie author, my second business, my consulting company, that's a client of mine, that library system. So I was able to talk to them. When they asked me for suggestions, You know, I was able to talk to them and say, this is what an author, an indie author really needs. This is the type of support that they need. And so I was able to bring that experience to them and make sure that, you know, it was something that was going to be beneficial for the author. So I would definitely tell the, the authors that they can get together and or even as an individual person go into your local libraries too. see what your local communities can offer you in terms of how you can promote your book and how you can um, work with other authors to be able to do some great things.
0: Where can people find you online? How can they find Mind Matters? Tell me all of the all the places people can connect with you.
1: So on Facebook, it's Mind Matters Publishing, and that's M-Y-N-D. So yeah, we've been saying Mind Matters, want to make sure people know it's uh, M-Y-N-D, M-A-T-T-E-R-S, Publishing. And then um, the website is mindmatterspublishing.com. And then if they would like to send me an email, they can always email me at Renita, that's R-E-N-I-T-A, at mindmatterspublishing.com.
0: Renita, this has just been, this has been lovely. Thank you so much for, for agreeing to be on the show. Thank you for reaching out. This is, this is awesome. <laughs>
1: this is, this really has been great. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, this is awesome. Thank you so much. Well, good. Just for allowing me to be on your show. Oh my gosh. Well, it's, the
0: pleasure has been mine. I, I love doing coffee breaks. so much.